back to Fear, Realm's Thrills and Chills channel. I'm your host, Pun, bringing you Episode 7 of Black Friday. Bob and Tanya's latest plan to save Mark Club and possibly the world backfired. Literally. But that doesn't mean all is lost. Yet. We'll get right into it after this. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Greetings, adventurers. Today we're excited to introduce you to a new story, Dark Dice a horror podcast that blurs the line between actual play and audio drama, where the story is determined by the roll of the dice. Six adventurers embark on a journey into the ruinous domain of the Nameless God. They will never be the same again. One of the players is not what they seem after a doppelganger, a creature that can assume the form and voice of whatever it kills, infiltrates the team. As the players are picked off and replaced one at a time, can they figure out who the monster is before it's too late? Can you? Here's a quick example of what our show sounds like. The, uh, shambler with the jar of liquid inside of him. Soren Arkwright let loose an arrow that cracked the glass, passing through the spine of the creature. The shambler still managed to maintain its forward momentum, but stumbled as it eagerly tried to bite and swipe at Soren, landing near his feet. As Jeff Goldblum has now joined our cast, Dark Dice is available however you listen to podcasts. What will Bob and Tanya do next? Let's find out in Black Friday, Episode 7. What a thrilling turn of events, listeners! Tanya confronted Marcy, her co-worker crush, and Bob turned her into a zombie kebab. They made it to the manager's office only slightly bloodied. Did they find the answers they sought to escape the store and close Mark Club's portal to hell? Let's pick up the action as they try to barricade the room from errant ghoulites. Oh, we made it. The manager's office. Here, get this desk chair under the doorknob. Yeah, like that. Tightly. Finally, another flashlight. This office is depressing. Tanya was right. Management is depressing. No bigger than a prison cell, the office housed two filing cabinets and a desk piled high with paperwork and an ancient computer. Pushed up against the other three walls were some abused-looking tables with big chunks taken out of their sides. Dry erase boards coated in curly, sticky notes lined the walls. Tanya picked up the phone next to the computer. Still dead. Let's see if there's anything we can use for weapons. All right, let's see. Huh. Mm-hmm. An empty stapler, used up dry erase markers, and a can of air freshener. In short, nothing useful. We also got a small plastic package full of thumbtacks, pushpins, a cigarette lighter. Maybe we can make some sort of grenade out of these in the empty air freshener can. Do I look like MacGyver to you? Well then, what's the plan? We can't stay in here forever. Greetings, Mark Club guests! 
Do you like deep discounts? Then you'll love our new Cult Status Rewards Program. The more you spend, the faster you unlock premium rewards like existential dread, feelings of helplessness, and sentient corn. Become one with the worthy before you're condemned to eternal damnation this Black Friday. That's the Mark Love way. Bob feared the worst. Jeff wouldn't worry unless he was late coming home. Bob imagined Jeff making frantic calls to his cell phone, filling up the voicemail box. How long would he wait before he drove over to Mark Club? Another hour? Two? Three? What would happen once he arrived? Would Hookface and friends still be roaming about? Bob felt sick. He couldn't let that happen, no matter what. Anyway, it's only a few more hours until the customers start lining up outside the store, and the morning crew should be here before then. You're forgetting about the weather. With all that snow and ice on the ground, half the morning crew isn't going to show up. We might not have any customers coming to our rescue either. No customers? <laughs> on Black Friday? Yeah, tell me another one. They both knew that was even more unbelievable than the night they'd had. Maybe the weather really would slow down holiday shopping. One could only hope. Bob and Tanya strategized what to do next. Do you really want customers in the store right now? Those weirdos will tear half of them apart, and the other half will be too busy fighting over cookware to notice. Not to mention the green slime and how the displays aren't done. Someone's going to complain to corporate, and that'll be the closest we'll get to a rescue. Honestly, it's probably not that far off from a normal Black Friday. There normally aren't any undead roaming the sales floor, Bob. Just let me think. There must be a way out. A procedure or something. Ah, let's see. Ah. Hello! Check this out! It's a laptop. Still useless, Bob. But the light's blinking. That means it has power. We might not be able to connect to get a message out, but there's got to be something useful. Hmm. Whoever was using this didn't bother to log out or even close the browser window. Hmm, let's see, what does it say? Advancement rituals for retail employees advises this ritual to be performed at home. Hey Tanya, listen to this. With the right tools and a little magic, anyone can get the promotion they deserve, even those who have been passed over at work. Huh. For a small fee, you can purchase your very own sacred cube. Oh, and is this a chant? Are you crazy? How do you know that won't summon some ancient demon or something? No, look, it says right here, see? In the fine print, it says, this spell guaranteed not to summon ancient demons if performed correctly. Never trust a product guarantee, Bob. If there's one thing I've learned in customer service, it's that guarantees are never transparent and that there are no returns without a receipt. Huh, this is a promotion spell. It mentions the sacred cube right here. Isn't that what Hookface was calling that Foxy Boxy? That's what I just said! What if Richard tried to make one of those cubes? While he was down here, he, what, tried to DIY one using the Foxy Boxy and screwed up? You're right. But nothing unusual happened until after I discovered the cube in the basement. So maybe you caused this. <gasps> Me? I didn't look up this website. I want a promotion as much as the next guy, but it never would have even occurred to me to try black magic. I did accidentally 
cut myself? Bob. A little blood, like a drop, but Richard was already zombified. Maybe he did something else too. <sighs> I guess it doesn't matter who's to blame, does it? We still have to get down to the basement, find the cube, and destroy it somehow. Yeah, and I lost the only decent weapon we had. You're right, Tanya. It is my fault. I'm a screw-up. I've always been a screw-up. At my last job, at home, and now here. I couldn't even build Santa's sleigh out of Coke boxes. You're not a screw-up, Bob. Maybe you did unleash literal hell on Mart Club, cost us all our jobs, plus destroyed millions of dollars of merchandise, and maybe your last job was replaced by an app, and maybe your marriage is on the rocks. Uh, that's, that's not helping, is it? I'm sorry, I've never been much good at motivational speeches. Me neither. The point is, we all screw up. You know, I worked my ass off in high school. I knew getting into a good college was going to be hard, especially to study medicine. My mom's broke. She can't afford to put me through college. With senior year, all my friends were ditching class and hanging out. I started caring more about dating this girl than making grades. I didn't make the cut for a scholarship, Bob. I could have been the first person in my family to go to college. Could have changed everything and gotten a good job, taken care of my mom and my sisters. But I didn't. I screwed up and now I'm here. Oh, Tanya, I'm sorry. You think I gave up? Hell no. I had to find a different route. Persevere. I decided to work until I'd saved up enough money to go to a community college. Or maybe go into nursing. Who knows? You don't give up because you messed up, Bob. Mistakes aren't the end of the world. Well, most mistakes aren't. Anyway, my mom taught me as long as you learn from your mistake, apologize, and try to make things right, you're still doing the right thing. The world's going to work hard against you, baby, she'd say. But it can't keep you there. When you get knocked down, you get right back up. You let the rocks cry out before you ever give up. She's Old Testament with her speeches, my mom. Bob considered what she'd said. It didn't just apply to the hellscape he allegedly unleashed on the Mark Club, but to the rest of his life, too. You know, I spent so much time worrying about things not being right with Jeff that I hadn't even asked what was wrong. Maybe... I was worried it would only lead to another fight, but ignoring the problem wasn't gonna make it go away and pretending like it wasn't there made it worse. You know what? You're right. I need to accept that I'm human and humans are just bundles of meat and mistakes. Not exactly what I said, but close enough. And I need to make a damn good effort to acknowledge and correct my mistakes. Starting with destroying that cube in the basement. That's the spirit. You know, I should really do this talking about my feeling stuff more often. It's not that bad. As long as it's with a therapist and not me.
Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Bartha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz. And how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts. Their hope rekindled, at least for now. Bob and Tanya went back to turning over papers. Maybe they'd get lucky and a spare flamethrower would be lying around. Stranger things had already happened. Bob couldn't help but wonder about Richard. Richard screwed up the cube and got turned into a corpse as a result. Yet Richard hadn't summoned those hell demons, had he? Those creatures claimed they'd come to judge humans. The worthy were treated to ultimate suffering. Not really a prize in Bob's book, but to each their own. And the unworthy got ripped apart by chains. Richard wasn't ripped apart, though, or turned like Marcy and Drew. Maybe the demons hadn't arrived to judge until Bob's blood unlocked the cube. Ah, jeez, I'm freaking myself out. I'm not that special. Uh, Bob, warn me next time. Ugh, that wasn't me. I don't think we're alone anymore. They stood in the stench, holding their noses as long as they dared. Bob ran out of air first and opened his mouth to gulp in more. Big mistake. The air had a flavor like the vapors from a fry vat in a fast food fish joint on a hot August afternoon. He choked and doubled over, pulling his shirt over his mouth and nose. Tanya's eyes started to bulge from lack of air. <gasps> Don't breathe it in, Tanya! Bob tried going to the floor, hoping that the smell would rise like smoke. No such luck. It was worse. Tanya finally caved. <sighs> Don't breathe it in, Tanya! Their noses, tongues, and throats burned from the stench. Bob glanced at the locked and barricaded office door. Don't! Every man's got his breaking point. Bob had reached his. Air! Dizzy, Bob stumbled into the hallway outside, coughing the last of the putrid burning odor out of his lungs. Her resolve weakened. Tanya followed. <laughs> Little white lights danced in his vision from the lack of oxygen. When Bob could finally draw a full breath, he raised his head to look around. What the hell? Gone was the familiar hallway stacked with pallets of dry goods to go to the sales floor. Instead, they stumbled into a nightmarish version of the Mark Club where body parts stood stacked, one upon another. That explained the awful stench, at least. Forklifts made of bone and sinew stood a silent vigil over mass graves where the walk-in freezers once were. Live wires hung from a ceiling, shrouded in red smoke, sparking electric blue. 
Tanya used her hand on the doorframe as leverage to straighten up. And I thought working at Mark Club was hell before. Huh. Never thought I'd hear you say that, Miss By the Book. Screw the book and towing the corporate line. If we make it out of this alive, I'm quitting and going to medical school. Chains shot out of the darkness and wrapped around Tanya, pinning her arms to her sides. No! No! <laughs> Tanya! The undeadites arrived. Hookface lifted a fist and the chain squeezed tight around Tanya. Hmm, this one may be worthy of our time. Get out, Bob, while you still can. Then she went limp in his grip. Bonehead stepped out from behind Hookface and hoisted Tanya onto her shoulder. Bob moved to run, but Window Licker blocked his path. He reached out with icy fingers to lift Bob by the trachea. Destroy him. We will finish with her and reclaim the sacred cube. They walked out of sight toward the store exit. Window Licker ran his tongue over his lips. Bob reached for his box cutter, but Window Licker struck Bob's wrist before he could push the blade past the safety. This is it. No tearful goodbye. No hands to hold and no hymns. This is how I die. Choked to death by Hellspawn. No. No way, Bob. His subconscious answered. You can't give up. What about fixing things with Jeff? What about your daughter's college graduation, future weddings and Christmases, and mowing the lawn on Saturdays? 55 is too young to die. You've got to fight back. Bob's arms shook as he raised them toward Window Licker's face. Oblivion closed in. Bob swung both feet forward to land a double kick to Window Licker's groin. Oh, no matter who you are, getting kicked by a pair of size 13 steel-toed boots hurts. I'm not going down that easy. Bob grabbed the box cutter. Gimme! Bob rushed him, slashing, cutting, ripping the jagged edge to flesh. Window Licker threw his arms up, tried to grab him. Bob gave the old two fingers to the eyeballs, and he stumbled back. Look at my fingers! Ah. Hey! Behind the Ghoulite, in all its glory, stood the Mark Club trash compactor. The GOAT. Capable of chewing through everything, from holiday ham bones to office furniture. All Bob had to do was get him into it, shut the door, and hit the big red button for the most satisfying trash run ever. Window Lickers straightened and swung his arms around, searching for him. Bob charged and tackled, slamming his back against the goat's chute. Yeah! Yeah! Uh, you think you can out-wrestle me? Yeah! Yeah! Joke's on you. I be the Labradoodle. <laughs> Window Licker surged forward. Bob went down on his back, but he didn't stay there. Bob slashed him across the inside of the wrist, and the fiend grabbed his arm, howling. Bob kicked Window Licker back toward the trash chute. <laughs> you are too late. What is done cannot be undone. 
You opened the way, and now your world belongs to us. <laughs> oh, yeah? We'll see about that. One good shove, and window liquor tumbled down the chute. Bob yanked the safety gate shut and slammed his palm on a big red compactor button. Window Licker's feet hit the rolling blades first. The goat cooperated without a hitch. The blade simultaneously tore his body apart and pulled the rest of him inward. Blood stained the dark green metallic sides of the trash chute and splashed onto Bob. He pressed the button until every inch of the demon fed through the goat and into the giant dumpster on the other side. Uh, uh, <coughs> Rest in pieces. Ugh. Now to go save Tanya, destroy the cube, and get the hell out of here. Bob put his box cutter back and turned away from the goat, only to spy an unopened box sticking out from under a discarded pallet. Whoa. He pushed the pallet aside with his foot and squatted to examine it. <gasps> the Tom Turkey Carver 3000! Gingerly, Bob lifted the package from where it had been foolishly discarded, letting it perch on the tips of his fingers like the priceless tool it was. How many late nights had Bob spent on the sofa watching the shopping network sing this electric carving knife's praises? He had wanted one ever since watching those infomercial ladies use it to cut a regular carving knife in half. They also cut through brick, through bone, through a whole boat. Unlike most kitchen carving knives, the Tom Turkey Carver 3000 was cordless. But Bob couldn't justify six easy payments of 1999. Yet, here it was, tossed aside. A sign, if ever there was one. He carefully opened the box, removed the plastic wrap, and affixed the double serrated blades. Whoa! Yeah! Wicked! Carving knife in hand, Bob retrieved Tanya's flashlight from where she dropped it next to the office door and ventured onto the sales floor. The hellish nightmare returned. Red, sulfuric-smelling smoke settled on the ground, and plumes of fire crawled up the support beams. The merchandise was either rotten or covered in slime. There was no sign of the two remaining ghoulites as he made his way to the front of the store. Bob grabbed a few hand towels from housewares and cleaned some of the blood off, stuffing one in a pocket for later. Never know when you'll need a clean towel. The box of duct tape was still waiting near the basement door. Bob attached the flashlight to the top of his carving knife. For good measure, he taped his clothes down to his wrists, elbows, knees, and ankles too. No one would be biting him there, and the tape would provide a little extra support in case of a hand-to-hand -hand fight. Damn it! Get away from me! Ah! Oh, Tanya, I'm coming! Our singular retail hero peered down the stairs. Somewhere deep below, the cube waited. Hookface and Bonehead were searching for it already. He had to find it before they did, free Tanya and banish them. If the stars aligned and they were very lucky, that would be the end of this Mark Club-sponsored trip to hell. Yeah. Let's blow this popsicle stand. <laughs> you know, you have to give it to our brave writer. 
an industrial shredder is a novel approach to fighting off demonic hellspawn. I have to say, I, I, I want to see that. Just one episode left now, so make sure to join me again for the chilling conclusion of Black Friday. I'll see you there. You're listening to Fear, Black Friday. Created and produced by Realm, your portal to another world. Listen away. Every five minutes, a transplant candidate dies while waiting for a compatible heart, liver, or kidney. Imagine a technology that could provide those life-saving transplant organs for a high price, and imagine what a company would do to monopolize that technology. On a remote island in Lake Superior, a team of geneticists unlocks this holy grail of medicine by reverse engineering the genomes of all mammals, creating an animal with organs perfectly suitable for human transplantation. They envisioned a docile herd animal, but one team member had another, darker vision. This ancestor is anything but docile. The team's work spawns something big, something evil, something very, very hungry. Ancestor is a complete serialized fiction podcast by number one New York Times bestselling novelist Scott Sigler with all episodes available. Binge the entire story now on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Black Friday is created and written by E.A. Copen, Produced by Diana M. Foe and Haley Wagreich. And executive produced by Fred Armisen, Julian Yap, and Molly Barton. Starring Fred Armisen, Brian Fairley, Tiana Camacho, Aaron Costaganis, Debbie Derryberry, Will Choi, Dwayne Hill, Alec Lawless, Alex Cazares, Jeff Shine, Chris Okawa, Marco Antonio Rodriguez, and Stephanie Shea. Audio produced, directed, and sound designed by Fred Greenhalgh. Additional editing by Corey Barton. Original music composition and orchestration by Hashem Asadolahi. With digital orchestration by Andrew Rowan and performances by Pete McCann, Andrew Washburn, April Guthrie, Harrison Kirk, Joey Lamb, and Hashem Asadolahi. Original cover art by Annie Wu. Executive in charge for Realm, Mary Asadolahi. Fear is produced by Mary Asadolahi and Haley Wagreich. Associate produced by Nicole Kreuter and Alexis Latshaw. Executive produced by Molly Barton, Julian Yap, and Marcy Wiseman. Hosted by Pun Van Du. Audio editing by Felicia Dominguez. Original theme by Hashem Asadolahi. Featuring drummer Andrew Niven and mixed by Max Kuttner. Cover art by Kendall Thomas. Find more shows like Fear by following Realm on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or at realm.fm. 